0: Welcome to the MLM podcast with me, your host, Max Ombardia, and my co host for the evening, once again, everyone's favourite AC Milan uncle, Zil Gino. Hello, Gino.
1: Hello, Max. Hello, everybody. Buon anno. Uh,
0: As ever, this episode is brought to you by uh, Malia and Tute, Malia.cacho 2023 on Instagram. You can direct message them for all your retro and recent football kit and tracksuit needs. Uh, Like Gino says, a happy new year to everyone. Great, great start to the new year, as we will talk about. Um, hope you all had a great time with your families and co. Uh, and we go to the first, MLM podcast of twenty twenty four. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's let's start with the Sassuolo game, Gino. Um, let's start. Yeah. So we um, purely had never beaten Sassuolo at home uh, as an AC Milan manager. Um, even in the Scudetto year, we'd actually lost against them. Um, and so I swallowed only won four games so far this season. So it wasn't <laughs> the way that our fortunes have been this season. It wasn't shaping up or, or looking too good on paper anyway. Did no. you have any, th- any thoughts going into this game post the... Um... Shocker,
1: that was before Christmas, uh <laughs> Yeah, well I thought we might have come a cropper with Sassuolo again, so uh so yeah, that's that's all I was thinking. I was like, just please, dear Lord, don't let it be an absolute Baradi masterclass against us. Which is what he always manages to do at San Siro as well, doesn't he? He always manages to put in a hell of a performance. So that was that was my only thoughts slash concerns.
0: Yeah, he seems to turn into this like prime iron Robin. Every time he <laughs> he
1: does, he does. Well, yeah,
0: the, the cutback, and yeah. execution of his shots and whatever every bloody time. But to be fair, this time didn't quite go to plan for him. Um, nope. So let's let me just talk through this. What I'll do is I'll go through the lineups first, actually, and then we'll kind of go through the game. So Maniyan in goal, uh, David Calabria. Uh, what Calabria? Jesus.
1: Calabria. <laughs> Calabria. happy new year happy new year everybody Davide Calabria <laughs> What's the... What's the... you're still drunk <laughs> I'm
0: going to say it one more time Davide Calabria uh, <laughs> right back um, Simon Kier and uh, Theo Hernandez at centre-back Alessandro Florenzi got that one in right at left back um, Benasset and Rinders in a double pivot and then Pulisic Ruben off his cheek and Rafael Liao as the three behind Olivier Giroud so um a fairly straightforward lineup. I did think I'd see Simic again from the start, but he went for Hernandez at centre-back and put Florenzi back into left-back. Any thoughts on that starting 11?
1: Um Well, the, it was the whole, we, why aren't we playing Simic straight away? Not Simic. What did I just say? I've just completely got confused then. No,
0: you're right. You're right. Simic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, why didn't he play Simic straight away? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a centre, but we we need a centre back. Simic has shown that he can play centre. Simic has shown he can handle himself against adults. Okay, why aren't we playing him? You know, why aren't we playing him? Again, it's this whole it's this whole idea of let's put Teo as, as a centre back. Why?
0: Yeah, exactly. And he he he, he went with it, didn't he? he that's what he was going to do, in that was like, yeah. Um, Benassar and Winder's in that double pivot again. Um, and then obviously, Ruben is checking the CAM and, and a start for Giroud. Lots of questions around Giroud in terms of um, Jovic's form, but Giroud getting the nod. Then, if I just go through Sassuolo so starting 11, so Concili in goal, uh, Pederson, Ferrari, Ehrlich, and Toyan at the back, Henrik uh, and Torresveld as their double pivot. Loriente Berami and Domenico Barardi or Prime Iron Robin as per usual uh, in their three and then Penamonte at Prompton's own. Fairly, no, exactly the same um, formation. So pretty much matched us in terms of uh, the four, two, three, one. Um, and yeah, one of those games really. Um, one of those games which was it was really difficult to watch um, from a fan point of view, especially. It wouldn't have been particularly interesting from a neutral point of view, I wouldn't have thought. Um so let me just run through the game. So 23rd minute, kind of the first real bit of action. Benesker uh Beneska skips past three defenders after recollecting the ball following Susware's so well clearance of the Malone Corner. Uh somehow manages to work an inch inch of room to have a shot from 18 yards out, slips drawing his dispatch, sending the effort inches wide and into the side netting. So good good start from us in terms of trying to score.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Th- 31st minute Leo Leo does score, uh but doesn't count. Um a second, it was pretty. It was a pretty good goal, uh, good finish, well taken, bottom corner, uh, but it's offside in the build-up, um, so it's back to nil, nil. Thirty-third, a great stop by Manyan. Baradi cuts inside from the right in his trademark style <laughs> and fires yeah. a left foot shot towards goal that forces Manyan to a dive in one-handed stop to preserve the clean sheet. Really good, really good shot, and sort of we know what's happening from Baradi in a really good save from Manyan. Mm-hmm. Um, Half time, Gino. So, not really much happens in that first half. A lot of possession, a lot of passing the ball around, um, trying to slowly work the team down. But it wasn't yeah. the most energetic or the most fun first half. What did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, very much that. Obviously, Reinders had his chance, but that was it kind of, he just again, that was more like a scuffed scuffed away shot that you know he's not yeah, going to be the guy that gets us you know 10 goals a season or like that kind of like that prime notcherino of that uh, of that scudetto year 2011 so uh so he's you know uh, but it was like you're saying just like kind of like lots of weird possessions Manyan cracking save against Barardi. um but i mean more than anything i just was like really happy to see van Basten at the stadium because <laughs> that's yeah. what kept on coming up, wasn't it? That's what kept yeah. on appearing all the time on, on, on the feed. As was like, you know, he was there. So, a so few yeah. Of them. With them? There Do was quite know? a few there. And then there's a then there's a photo, actually, though, later on, which I thought was more telling, that it was Maldini with uh, Van Basten and there was a third player. I think it was uh, Tassotti, wasn't it? Tassotti, that's it. And, yeah. you know, Tassotti, I don't know if Tasotti is as linked with the club anymore like he was beforehand, but but certainly the fact that Maldini wasn't at the stadium, but Van Basten went to Maldini afterwards, you know all that kind of stuff. You know it, it is telling. It is telling.
0: Did you see um, Did you see the photo of Van Basten and Tasotti with Falani first? Yes. And then the picture with Maldini, I thought. It was yeah, hilarious. that's
1: very different, isn't it?
0: Yeah, read into it what you want, guys. But I thought it was hilarious. Uh. Uh. <laughs>
1: um,
0: one, one, the, one of the greatest accountants of all time, and one of defenders. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. It? yeah. It's, uh, it's just one of those. It's one of you've got to just admire, admire what it's for, what it is about, really. So, uh, but yeah, that was it. W-
0: Right, so second half, um, they make a substitution straight away. Trisoldi comes in for Ehrlich at the back. Um, again, quite a difficult sort of first 15 minutes, really, um, until the 59th minute anyway, where Pulisic scores. Um, so he kind of starts the move himself, uh, moves the ball to Rinders, who then moves the ball quickly to Benessa. Benessa splits the fence with a lovely pass. It was a bit lucky the way the ball kind of ricocheted off the defender Yeah, Pulisic is there he gets a finish gets it through Consigli uh, and we go 1-0 up decent finish from Pulisic um, beautiful
1: finish yeah I, I thought it was a beautiful finish because he's stabbing it at it so it's a bit behind him as well so it's yeah
0: and it's all in a rush as well he's in quite a rush because he has to make mm. the ground up whilst getting a shot off and beat the keeper like he said so yeah good goal from Milan good goal from Pulisic good build up as well um, Pulisic, I think now has I think that's seven goals, yes, five five assists in total across everything, yes. Um, so twelve goal contributions that's pretty good for half a season. Um, so he's he's proven to be pretty good. Sixty third, minute, Adley comes in to replace Benacer. Uh, Jovic comes in for Shiru. Sixty third, same with that. Sorry, sixty fifth, Volpata comes on for Barami. vasasuelo Barardi out in the 70th, and Samu Castillejo comes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to see him back at the San Siro. Um, yeah, Looks a little lively actually, but again, didn't really do much. Um, Zoroli comes in 74th minute for Ruben Loftus Cheek. Chuck Waysi in for Liao. Simic finally gets a run out in the 82nd minute for a pretty late, pretty tired looking Simon Kier. A um, couple of yellow cards, a few more substitutions, and that's really it. We do have another goal chalked off uh, from Benessa. I think it's the second half. I can't remember if it's the first or second half.
1: The second uh, half, yeah.
0: And we come out with a 1-0 win, um, three points, an ugly win. Uh, a bit of an ugly win. But, but it's the three points. You know, what, what did you think coming out? Like that?
1: Uh, yeah, again, it's, just, it's an ugly win. But my, my whole take on it is as well, though, did they really do anything to scare us?
0: No, not really. I mean, the the Barati threat just really wasn't
1: there, was it? No. So I don't think so. In some ways, actually, what I think we have started to see is a bit of the decline of Sassuolo. They've not been as good in their markets in terms of replacing players, uh, bringing in talent. Um, they're not. They're not that. They're not that team that was, you know, for a few seasons always challenging within the top, let's like, say, nine places within Syria so but saying that on their day they can absolutely you know catch you off guard they can they can pull out results it's just that I think whilst ours was a a, a, an ugly win it's a win let's take it let's move forwards let's use it to move us forward and we did into the next game
0: Exactly. And and just to talk through some stats as well from that game, just to give a bit of context as to why we're so we're so clear that we were by far the better team and they really didn't do much. The XG, so the expected goals, was 2.3 to Milan to Sassuolo's 0.89. Uh, so yeah. we were clear, clearly better. We had 20 shots to their 12. Um, we only had two shots on target, though, to their 6. Yes. We had 59% possession to their 41. Um and we'll talk about it in the next game as well, but we've got no yellows and no reds, which was probably a first, I think, or maybe one of the first.
1: Oh, uh, one first of the first of the get of the season. Yeah, definitely one of the first of the season. But also, this this idea, I mean, we want, we're we going to go into stats in a bit. We'll, I'll sod it. We'll go into stats in a bit. Come on, let's do the next game. Come on.
0: <laughs> do you want to do, let's do Serie A. So we, we, let's do Serie A. Yeah. yeah. And, then we'll, and then we'll go through, um, well, before we do that, tops and, tops and bottoms, anything, any players stand out for you? Any players at the bottom?
1: Well, it was just nice to see Benacer getting more minutes, uh, linking up passes. It, it, it felt like a more assured midfield. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree.
1: and I think what we've seen. Um, also, it was nice to see the, the the kind of the movement coming coming a bit better at the front as well. Not that that I, I think that that's been our problem, but I think okay, so. I will say something about the stats. The stats are showing that, you know, we've only had two shots on target um, compared to their six. And, okay, well, 50% of our shots on target were, went in, went in. So, you know, exactly. none of theirs would. Exactly. Yeah. So, so stats do matter, full stop. Uh, but it's where our shots are coming from which dete- which denotes the style of football that we're playing, which denotes the setup of the team. This was 4-2-3-1. We've created less, but we've been more successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So I want to get into that after. Efficient. More <laughs> <laughs> yeah. efficient. More
0: efficient. Top, top ratings, just to give the listeners a chart of Pulisic, Beneser and Mike, which I think I agree with. Um, uh, then they the flop. So the play ratings of the, the lowest. Ratings were Ruben Loftus Cheek and Florenzi, which a bit strange. Um, didn't think Florenzi had too bad a game actually. Um, so, I mean hey, Flo-
1: Florenzi. My only thing is a Florenzi, people. I don't think people really understand how good of a technical footballer he is. The way he hits a ball is beautiful. Uh, that's good. That, honestly, that's just quieted you up, uh, shut you up, hasn't it? <laughs> but genuinely, his, his technique, striking a ball, he did it in that game on a volley. I mean, it just went over the bar, right? It dipped and swerved. But his technique of striking a ball is beautiful, which is why his crosses have actually been some of the best crosses we've had.
0: Yeah, he's got and a good. He's got a good right foot
1: on him, hundred percent. He he's got a beautiful technique. He honestly strikes through the ball beautifully. So this whole idea, I mean, I don't, I don't know why why he got one of the lowest. Ruben Loftus cheek. I think he just looked knackered. Yeah, yeah, he
0: didn't look right. You're right. You're absolutely right. He did. So, he, does, he just looks like he's like fifty percent battery all of a yeah, sudden. It's so yeah. Strange. Yeah. Um, all right, it's thanks
1: all thanks those guys. dances. It's all those dances on TikTok. The, <laughs> Carry on. <laughs>
0: brilliant, brilliant. Um, so all right, So, me a recap. Let's go through these games and then we'll just talk what it means to the table. So, Napoli crisis, um, nil nil with Monza, awful game. I didn't watch, I didn't watch loads of it, I watched some of it. Napoli look just could they just couldn't get anything in front of the goal, they were just they were so lackluster. Um, Monza, decent point for them, I suppose, at Napoli. Um, they got themselves a red guard in the last minute, but nothing major. Um Fiorentina won Torino 0. Good win for Fiorentina, which I think at the time, because we played later, put them on level points with us. Um, so put a lot of pressure on us. Uh, Genoa won into one. Um, not bad from Genoa. Dare I say, Giulardino is a little bit underrated. I know we talk about Thiago Motta and Palladino and. Massively, and-
1: massively underrated.
0: He's, he's he's under the radar. And, and what, what I'm impressed with Giulardino is. His team seems to be able to get results from the big teams. So, okay, we scraped a 1-0 against them. But he's got a draw out of Inter. He's got a draw out of Juve. He's beaten Roma convincingly. Um, he's beaten, I think he's got a draw out of Napoli or beaten Napoli. So, Genoa are are in good form. They play a good style of football. That's Sigardson, I think his name is. Yeah.
1: he, he yeah.
0: really good, like really good. Uh, really for, good, really grand, good. Grandad used to play for Milan or something, something like that. Yes,
1: um, yeah.
0: I'll, t- I'll take him in a heartbeat. I don't know where I'd put him, but I take him. Yeah. Um, what, do you reckon is a little underrated then? Do you think he's one we should be watching?
1: <sighs> I think we'll talk about that in a bit.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, Lazio 3 1 win over Frosinone. Uh, nothing major to, to write about that. Atalanta with a 1 0 win over Lecce, uh, just about. Uh, another goal from Lookman there. Uh, Udinese 3 Bologna nil. So we talked last week about. How would an you haven't really turned up after they beat? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then they go and beat the most, probably one of the most informed sides in the league. So, uh, you know, uh, hilarious how we didn't call that one. (laughs) We we absolutely missed that one, didn't we? But, but that's football. That is football.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, you can have an off day. Like, Bologna can't win or draw every single game. Um, just strange 3-0 3 nil as well not even a good mm. game um, yeah it happens uh, Cagliari-0 and Pelley-0 um, hard-fought point for both teams at the bottom of the league uh, Salernitana picking up a win uh, against Verona that's kind of like a almost like a double header down there um, so they've got their, a 1-0 win cheap, comfortable uh, but Super Pipo's team picking up I think that's 4 points in 2 games which is good for them um, obviously us beating Sassuolo 1-0 and in the last game uh, of the round was Juve beating Rome or Roma, sorry, 1 0. Um, Roma looked awful up front, um, just dreadful in attack. I don't know what's going on over there, That it's just not gelling. And Allegri and his Brexit slash Cortomusa ball is carrying on. Do you reckon that's going to last forever, these 1 0 wins? Or do you think he's going to. Well, I think. Uh,
1: <laughs> Allegri, Allegri, for, I mean, Allegri. I spoke about my friend the other week, Adam Digby. I still think Adam's right. Conte is the manager that gets you a result with a sledgehammer whilst Allegri does it with a scalpel. (laughs) And I just think Allegri knows how to set up his team. So the whole Corto Muzo thing is just, uh, do I have to score four? Or do I just need to beat them by one nil, by a goal? Do I just need to score one more than them? Yep. And the point is, he set up his team so that it is solid defensively. I mean, I'm just trying to actually. What is what is the tape What? How many goals have they had against? Let's have a look. Goals against Juve is dear internet. Please hurry up. They have had eleven, uh, 11 and how many have we conceded?
0: Twenty.
1: Oh, there you go. So 20. we've conceded. I mean, nearly double. Yeah. So, okay. uh, you know, it's the reason why they're two points off the top, but their goals scored are, t- are sixteen. Is this is no, it, no. It's plus sixteen. Sorry. Uh, they have how many goals have they scored? I can't read that table. Got my no. glasses.
0: Let me just get the table back up because I I got it down to check what. They're actually sorry. Talking. So 27. they
1: twenty-seven. So they've tw- scored twenty-seven. Uh, and concede 11. We've scored 32 and conceded mm-hmm. 20. Yeah. Uh, they've won 13, drawn four, lost one.
0: Yeah. So. And, they, and, you know, look at their back three. Okay, Bremer's pretty good, to be fair. And yeah. D- Danilo and Gatti.
1: You know, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but that's, the, that's, that's a midfield that is des- designed to take the ball at a press. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. They're well set up. They're very well set up. So Brexit, so Brexit ball's going to continue, but I don't think Allegri's going to be there next season. I see, I see Allegri moving away. He's done his time. I don't think he ever wanted the Italian national job. I think he'd be the kind of guy that would get his experience abroad. You know, he might be tempted by Premier League money. There might be the job at United, for example. There might be the job at Chelsea. You know, um, he, he's one of those managers that he just brings order.
0: Could you imagine if he was a Premier League manager on those big clubs and all he did was win one 0 Could you imagine the moaning and crying? Oh, I,
1: could, I, could have him. I could. I could imagine moan. I could. I could. I could, but then he'd be another Italian manager that's had to show, you know, Brits how to actually play football because <laughs> it's because it still hasn't been an English Premier League manager winner. And the Premier League's been around for how many years now, Max? Oh, it's about, God, we've got
0: to be nearly 30, technically. 30,
1: 31 years. There you go. Yeah. So 31 years or 32 years. And a Brit has still yet to win the Premier League. Well,
0: hold on. You want to say English? Well, as, as English,
1: English. English. Yeah, yeah, Sir yeah. Alex, okay, I get it. I, get, I give you that. But an English manager still has still yet to win the English League. And yet I have to watch videos of arseholes who think that Chelsea beating Milan means that Newcastle... Oh, oh, oh deserve to win the Champions League. That's one right?
0: of my bo- All bo- that- right.
1: <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> let's, go
0: through, let's, go through the, let's go through the table then. So, You've got Inter top with 45 points. Uh, Juve who narrowed the gap this week on 43. Um, Milan chasing miles behind on 36. That's seven points behind mm. um, Juve and nine points behind the leaders. Fiorentina in thirty-three, so just a win behind us. Bologna in thirty-one, uh, so there's so we've got we've got five points gap for the champions. On Bologna, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. We've got Atalanta in sixth on twenty-nine, Roma in seventh on twenty-eight, Napoli in eighth on the same points but lower on goal difference. You've got Lazio 9th in twenty-seven, and then down towards the bottom, we've got Salerni on twelve, right at the bottom. Empoli nineteenth on thirteen, and Cagliari on fourteen and 18th. <sighs> Verona's still got 14 points as well, and they're well as 16th. so quite close down there, quite mm-hmm. close between, I, to be honest, I think between, you could say between 3rd and 8th is quite close, um, Yeah. so very close actually, there's title races, there's a Champions League race, there's a Europa League race, there's a really good um, relegation battle as well, so it's looking pretty good around the whole table actually in terms of competitiveness, I'd say, what do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely and I think I think that I think at the bottom there's going to be an, an interesting relegation battle there as well. So, yeah. Um that that could get quite tasty in the next 2 3 weeks, well, the next 3 4 weeks actually, uh, because of the uh because of the fixtures coming up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, then let's move on. Let's talk about this really good um win against Cagliari in the Coppa Italia then. So, um Obviously, coming off that 1-0 win, um, we, did we, I saw some predicted lineups coming through. I could see a lot of youth. Um, I could see, obviously, some players that hadn't played yet or hadn't played many games playing. Um, and I was in two minds. I think I even tweeted it. I was, in, I was ecstatic at the thought of youth players finally getting a chance uh, and getting a chance to prove what they were worth and if they could play in this team. Uh, I was a little bit nervous at maybe us taking it a little bit too easy on a competition that is winnable. Napoli's out, Inter's out. It's a good financial reward. It's a chance for Silverware, not as prestigious in the Europa League like you mentioned last week, but still a good chance to win a trophy. Um, if I go through the, the lineup and then you, you give me your take on it, so Morante um, in goal, uh, David Calabria again at right back, uh, Simic, Theohandes, and Jimenez um, as the back four, Yasin Adli and Ryan just forming the double pivot, and then Chuck Waze, Romero, and Traoré. As the three behind Luka Jovic, um, what did you think about that start in eleven? Were you surprised?
1: Were you happy? Or... Oh, I was really surprised that he was giving the youth the opportunity, but he was he was kind of forced to because of injuries. Yeah, I think cool. I think as well. I mean, it's like you said, you've pointed out I think several times to me. You know the difference in co- competition money between winning the Coppa Italia and the UEFA. There's not very much, so actually, you should really be going for it, especially with you, with especially with uh, into being out of the cup. But it was just really interesting to see the youth players being in there. Simic, um, Hernandez, uh, sorry, not Hernandez, uh, R- Ramirez, is it? Yeah,
0: Jimenez,
1: Jimenez, Jimenez. Sorry, you know, Simic and Jimenez there. Okay, okay, good. Adley's getting a start, and Adley's actually not playing just in front of defence. Good, good. And you know, up front, you 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 know, you're basically saying, okay, Chikawuze can play there. Um, we've got Romero. Okay, right, he's getting some run out. Uh, we've got the striker whose name has just evaded me. Jovic. Uh, Jovic. No, the other. Uh, I'm on the left hand side.
0: Oh,
1: Traore. Traore, Traore Sorry. You know, I'm not seen Traore, so play apart from like the the, the youth cups, uh, youth league. So yeah, really, just kind of exciting. Just kind of what? How bad can it be? Mm. Almost like we've got you know, if if any of these players are going to stand out, let them st- you know, let them show it now, kind of thing. Uh, mirante being the voice of experience and goal, you know, he was the oldest guy there. Um, and you know appreciation uh, mentioned for Morante. I've said se- I sent you uh, for the listeners. I sent Max a uh, <laughs> a, a, a message on Twitter. And I just went. He should be a model. He should be. A- he's too good looking to be a player.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's kind of like. He's just. He's like. He's kind of so suave. It's quite annoying. Um. And yeah, he was like the voice of reason, really, for the team. I think. And actually, I think that's the best thing because. Because he ex- he is experienced, because he has got age on his side, he can look at these players. He can give good feedback. He's played the game professionally for over twenty years, you know, longer than what these lads have been alive. So he can guide them as well. He can do he can do the job of guiding them. You kind of want that presence. Uh, yeah, so interesting lineup.
0: Yeah, and um, it was, look, it was a huge rotation. <laughs> However, it wasn't the biggest rotated team on the pitch, so Cagliari only kept one player on the starting 11 uh, from their draw against Empoli, which was uh, Diola in the middle of the team. So if I just go through their team, so they oh had... what?
1: Sorry, sorry. That was just something that just rang out on my phone for no reason. It was uh, Bob Dylan, <laughs> for some unknown reason.
0: Mental. So we had Rodinovic in goal, uh, Depardo Witzeka, Hatsiderakos, and Oba at the back. Uh, they obviously had the Diola in the middle, and then Makumbu and Yankto either side. Mancuso as the CAM, and then uh, Patania, who we know used to be a Milan Youth product, uh, and Lavombo up top. So they were a full rotated team, really. He, he, he really went for it in terms of resting his starting 11 as well. And let's be honest, you could see it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, look, let, let's, let, let me just talk through the timeline of the game. Uh, and then we'll sort of pick up what we think after that. So, um, good. So g- game we kick off um, straight away. It's a bit of squeaky bum time, Gino. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we we kind of Mirante's kind of forced into a really good save, a uh, fingertip over the crossbar from a from a header off a corner um that's a great save from morante it's a
1: Fourth cracking minute. save cracking save
0: just reflex and tips it over the uh, tips it over the crossbar i just thought oh, good lord surely not um but to be fair that was literally most of what they created uh, and it was a great save from morante up to another corner um 8th minute uh, we create major chance adley shows excellent footwork beats his mark in midfield slip up fantastic absolutely perfectly weighted through ball to Jovic Jovic runs onto it, doesn't quite connect with the shot and it's saved but that's a really good chance and should have been 1-0, mm-hmm. great feet from Adley, great vision as well um, doesn't take too long though 29th minute, it's it's a Jovic goal, yeah. to, I mean that ball from Theo Hernandez he just yeah. cuts in with his left foot, doesn't he up into the air yeah. nicely, Jovic takes a strange first touch but it works and then he just hits it into the back of the net uh, 1-0, Jovic's third goal, no, is that fourth Fourth goal of the season? Um, really good goal, really well taken, um, and we're one nil up. Um, 42nd minute, Jovic again, this time Hernandez goes on one of those runs. Um, just the pace he shows, uh, he leaves that of replay for dead, literally. Yeah. He's, go- he's gone, isn't he? He's gone, he does them all, he runs down like he does. Socks it to Jovic, a bit of an unconventional finish again, but it works under the keeper. <laughs>
1: It does. It does.
0: And we're two 0 up. So Jovic's brace. Good to see Jovic picking up some form. I would have thought. What do you think?
1: Just, a, just again. I mean, we're going to be speaking about Jovic. I've got a feeling, but I just think he's shown. He's showing all the qualities that actually, you know what? I remember when we did this podcast around October, November time together. I and mean, it's like, oh God, I don't know how I feel about Jovic. Should Jovic yeah. be starting and all this? And there are one or two accounts that are saying, I think Jovic is going to come, come, come good towards December, January. And they were right. I think he's a confidence player. I think the more you kind of make confidence from his team, he's looking sharper. Certainly at the start of the season, he did not look sharp. He looked off pace. He didn't know the movement of the other players. And I think now that's come wink. And that's that again, that first and I think the second goal, like you said, he dealt with it dealt with it wonderfully. The the first opportunity he had, okay, from that ball from Adley, which was just pure art, okay, should have done better. I actually I actually think you know he he should have had a hat trick because that was an incredible ball. He's moved into the space to do it, but he's kind of stabbed at it rather than just wrapping the laces through it. If he's hit that with, if he hits that with power, he hits that with a little bit of height. That would have, that would have made a lot of difference. You know, he would have, he would have had a goal. So he's showing now form. He's showing good link up play. It's really, it's really positive, really positive.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just like you said, he's finding form at the exact right time, um, which is good for him and good for us. Uh, so, he takes the second goal of the night, uh, bumps it up to five goals for the season, already double and some that Origi managed all of last season. And like you said, comp- I think you're spot on, absolutely spot on when you say confidence player. Um, there's no better feeling for a forward to, than to score goals, and the more they score, the more informed they become, so absolutely 100%. Um Root with a chance, um, Lavon by Blasting over the crossbar really, uh, just before half time. So we're going to half time 2-0 up. I thought it was a really good first half. I didn't I didn't think any of the youth players or the younger players looked out of place. Romero was struggling probably the most out of the rest of them, but he wasn't yes. a, he was playing a bit of a weird role um
1: in the CIA Well he field. kept on he kept on interchanging, didn't he, with yeah. Chukuruze? So yeah. he so. He never really, he never really sat on the right and he never really sat in the middle. He kept on changing so much. And I actually think that was to the detriment of both players, not just Romero's, but both players.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, you know, Jimenez didn't look out of place. Simic certainly didn't look out of place. Um, You know, Traore might not have done loads in the first half, but again, he wasn't losing possession. He was keeping hold of it. He was making passes. Uh, we just looked competent, and so did, so did the kids, essentially, if you want to call them kids. Um, so we went into half-time 2-0 up. Second half, kicks underway. the um, First chance comes to us with her, Jimenez, who hits the ball really well. Just a tiny bit wide from the right post. Really unlucky to not, to not uh, test the keeper there. It's off a corner, essentially. Uh, 50th minute, though, Troy uh, Ray gets his debut goal. Um, it's a bit of a weird one. There's a bit of a sort of ball scramble. Chicoise, he can't quite get his foot through it but manages to kind of tap it somehow to it who kind of just gives it everything he's got whilst falling over Yeah, and, and manages to get it underneath the keeper for 3-0. Keeper shocking, Calgary Keeper Vendinovic. Um
1: but oh, well, I, I was kind of hoping he'd get a drug test to be honest <laughs> yes, he, did. he did look off it didn't he um, uh...
0: I don't want to take anything away from the goals but he was awful Like, he literally went under him Um, 3-0 for Milan, Truro gets his first goal he goes off celebrating like you would when you're that age under the Corva, really good for him to score Um, yellow card for Depardo, 59th minute Uh, Florenzi gets a run out, 61st instead of Calabria Uh, Atsi comes in for Yankto Uh, Piero comes on for Patania, Diola gets himself a yellow card then Liao and Pulisic come on for Romero and Truro all the 70th another substitution 72nd just, he's just resting more players Sulemana comes on for Moncuso Zappa comes on for Depardo uh, then we stick Zeroli in for Vinder so another youth player getting a run out Bartoszaghi comes on for um, Jimenez as well so another player young player getting a run out and then it kind of just turned into the try and get Liao to score game for about 5-10 minutes um, and he had chance after chance after chance mm. however can we get one back it's a loose pass from Simic. It has to be said. Uh, Chuck Wasey kind of caught in no man's land, coming back or not coming back. Uh, they take the ball. Uh, it's Atty who runs on a bit and he hits a shot. It's heavily deflected. It he goes into the box corner. A bit, bit unfair on Morante. It's, it's the deflection literally takes the ball away from his, his flight path, if you like. Um, it's a three-one. It's a bit frustrating. Uh, we couldn't keep a clean sheet, but it is, you know, but but that's what happens when players play. Youth players play, young players play. They are going to make the odd mistake, but being three 0 up—that's the whole point. You know, it gives you a good cushion if that was to happen. Um, but still, no reflection on Simic at all. I mean, you know, from ninety odd minutes, it's the one thing he probably got wrong. Everything else is absolutely spot on. Ninety um, first minute, Leao does get his goal, his first goal in a hundred days. Um, so it's just a Leao goal, is not it? It's a great pass from Pulisic. He does his usual left right into the box drills at the bottom corner um really good win really good um game 4-1 Milan um, and we cruise through to the next round which I believe having looked at the results earlier is Atalanta uh, and we'll yeah play, we'll play them Wednesday um January the 10th in the evening uh, so yeah so that sets up a pretty good game and it's be at home as well, we'll play them at the Sun So that sets up a good good next leg
1: good next leg
0: Anything from you from this game? I mean, you know, we've got to mention the youth players doing well, I think.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. Or do you want to expand on that a bit? Uh, well, the only thing I can say, so to summarise, I think uh, the emergence of Jovic has really kind of now establishing himself as he should be the striker we select. Um, the fact that the youth players stepped up and, um, Remar- of the, the name for oh god my age has got to me Jimenez
0: yeah <laughs>
1: um I thought was fantastic he looked up every time he had the ball he never panicked he played forward passes he wasn't one of those side to side guys he was always looking to see where the action can be going I thought Teo Hernandez had actually one of his better performances in quite some time. That run he made for that second goal was just beautiful. I mean, he just went on one. He just did that whole motorino thing that he does. He just went on one. I thought, um, yeah, youth players just generally, they stepped up. The youth players completely and utterly stepped up. They didn't let us down. They showed us what they're capable of. And I think, Pioli has to start having some more faith that with the injury crisis that we have, we do have players at our disposal without having to go onto the market necessarily. However, some roles do need to be filled for longer term problems, injuries, and potentially even big sales in the summer. So we need to look at strengthening in the right places, and we're looking at that already in the Mercato. But I think that we've got some youth players we can be really, really proud of, that they performed, that they actually did us proud. You know, and and Adley, we've spoken about him time and, time and time again on this podcast. I think anybody who's listened probably knows that I'm one of his biggest fans. I know you are. I thought him playing a little bit more in the position that he does play, right, or can play um, it showed his strengths. Oh, wow. He is not a sprinter, but he's also not a trotter. He he is somebody, he will never have speed as his gift, but his passing range, passing ability, cutting through cutting balls through defenses, splitting defenses. The reason why Jovic didn't score on that first opportunity, right, was because Jovic did badly with the shot. But Jovic is pointing with his arm. If you watch it very, very carefully, Jovic is pointing to his arm where he wants the ball, and he's actually waving his arm left. So he's running up the pitch, and he's waving his arm left. Then he moves his body into that area, and Adley's played this ball, and it's got a little bit of a curve and a spin on it. It was just beautiful. Moments later, there's a ball that's delivered into Adley's feet, and he scoops it out from his feet as a quick pass when he's got a defender rushing in on him. Okay, and again, that was into feet. So Adley's so again, Adley being able to show, yeah, he can do something. We can be more dynamic going forward. Those are the big takeaways for me. We can be more dynamic. Why aren't we? Why haven't we been? Again, we switched back to a 4-2-3-1. It suited us, completely suited us. I'm going gonna, I'm
0: gonna to play a little bit of devil's advocate now. Go on. So, um, j- just actually, before I do that, you're Adley, absolutely spot on. Um, I heard someone say he's a bit, I thought it was quite funny. I don't know if you agree with this or not. They said he's like a 90s Serie A football player. So, in the sense that his vision and his ability to move the ball fast, his touch, he's almost like um, pace of mind. His thought process is, is quick but he doesn't have the athleticism to play or play as well as he could do in the modern game. I think that's a bit – the second part was a bit harsh, but I thought the first part was quite quite reflective of him. He definitely I, has that, like um, – like, you know, like when he turns on the ball like really quickly, he goes up one side and then another. He does yeah. Really, he does really give me, like, 90s vibes. Zidane. Like, long hair. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: he gives me 90s Zidane. He does. He does. I remember Zidane in the 90s at Juve doing that all the time. He does. He gives me that. The 90s player is the perfect anecdote. Funnily enough, I think it was uh, the useless lump known otherwise known as Michael Owen uh, who was saying that the players today are just pure athletes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And and he got he got lamb blasted for it but actually if you think about it the best football i've seen personally for me okay and i've been watching football since 86 so there we go that shows how old i am uh, but apparently i don't watch milan religiously enough for some uh, commentators on twitter get to that in a second um i i the best football i've seen was really from 90 Two, to early 2000s mid 2000s yeah where you had just sheer amounts of incredible technical ability the game was getting quicker but it wasn't like today's speed okay today's speed is something ridiculous um it is just ridiculous today's speed So the Adley of the '90s, that player of the '90s, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. It does. I think that's actually a great comparison. The athletic side of it, well, he can get stronger. Building your strength's easier than building your speed. Yeah, 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 you're right. Speed, speed, speed. As most studies, most scientifically backed studies uh, have shown, it's about there's just the sheer volume of fast twitch muscle fibre that you have. Now, you can't do anything about it if you don't have those genetics. You can build your muscular endurance, you can build muscular density that can give you better sprints, but you are also risking getting injured more because you're p- placing more on your ligaments and your joints. So by doing that, you know, the bigger the muscles you have, the more your body, more energy your body needs. Um, so, yeah, he, you can get.
0: He was he was throwing himself around this time though. I I, I noticed he was much much more fierce and much harder in tackles. As well. Do you know what?
1: Yeah, way. he yeah there was there was there was an inc- incident in the first half where he gets the ball, and then the ball runs away from him. Uh, Calorie player gets it at his feet. He then takes it off his feet, so he runs through him. So that was the second one. And Then the third player uh, takes it off him. And also takes a piece of Adley, but Adley's still going. Yeah. And then the ref blows a whistle. So it's like three tackles in one movement. Yeah. Yeah. So, Good.
0: Um, back to what I was going to say before, sorry. So, in terms of playing the devil's advocate here, the Calgary team we played were dreadful. They, they were dreadful. Um, oh, they were shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had, <laughs> yeah. We had, we had 62% possession, you know. Um, you know, we were, we were just all over them, like, OK, they had the odd chance, but they never, ever looked like doing anything that would potentially make us uh, lose this game. Um, so although it was great that we played well, the, t- the players did well, the youth players were really, really good, they didn't put a foot wrong, really, um, the, the devil's advocate argument would be that okay, this k team was atrocious. Um, however, that doesn't take away from the fact that these players still had to play the first games that still, you know, at the Sun-Cero, in the Cup, um, in terms of tops and flops, so again, ratings wise, Romero and Calabria were rated worst. I'm not surprised. Um, and then top Theo Jovic and Liao I think because of the minutes Liao played and the fact he scored probably gives him that great mm. Um Another good thing from this game, Gino, is it's two games in a row with no yellows or red cards as well, which
1: is. It was good. It was just a yeah. bit more. It was a bit more like our, you know, like. Title-winning season in terms of keeping our
0: composure? 100%. 100%. Much better. Much better. Um, okay. Uh, so, we've we talked Adley, uh, We've talked about the youth in that team. Um, we've talked about Jovic a little bit as well, haven't we? So, for, for me, Jovic, Jovic was great in this game. Um, like we said, confidence, whatever. And you've also pointed out very rightly that Theo, um, he was just much better. He, he just he arrived this game. He's been... There's been a lot of criticism for Theo this season, probably rightfully so actually. Um, but in the centre back slot against the not so strong callery, he was able to move up the ball a bit, you know, he wasn't able to move the ball quicker, he was a bit more um aggressive. He gets his two assists as well. Um, mm. so yeah, for me that was another talking point of it. Now, right, should we move on to something else?
1: Go on. Do
0: you wanna do you wanna do your bit? Do you want to talk about what you want to talk about <laughs> first?
1: Uh you, you right. My biggest complaint is that I think a lot of people on uh Milan Twitter uh don't just have an arsehole, uh they've got multiple ones, which we all have to see. Um this criticism of Giroud is just what the hell? Get your heads out of your asses. Start watching some football and start understanding what it is he does. Because Here's, here's, here's what Milan Twitter, many of the accounts that I'm coming across are saying. That basically Giroud is stopping the free-flowing football that Milan needs in order to score and to win games. Okay? Firstly, define free-flowing football. Is free-flowing football counter-attack football? Is free-flowing football high-press? uh High press, maximum risk, maximum reward. Okay. Is free-flowing football involving a number nine or is it a false nine? Is free-flowing football uh, also applicable to uh, wing-backs making the most runs and taking the midfield with them so that you're attacking with six instead of uh, three or two or one? Define free-flowing football for me. What kind of football is it? So when anybody instantly wants to say it's free-flowing football, define free-flowing football. Is it Jurgen Klopp? Is it that kind of Liverpool? For, is that free-flowing football for you? Is it Tuchel? Uh, Bayern? Right? Is it, is it Enrique in prime uh, prime Spain-Barcelona? Is it Guardiola, Prime Barcelona, Prime City? What, 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 what is it? Is it is it Ancelot, is it Ancelotti at Real Madrid? Is it Deserbi? Because all of these guys have their own version of free flowing football. Is it quick interlink play? Is it short passes and moving the ball out of tight spaces and moving the ball towards the the final third? Is it taking shots from the outside of the area or is it actually taking shots inside of the area? What is it? Just define that before anybody says, I want to see free-flowing football. For me, free-flowing football might be different to you, Max. Okay, it might be different to many of the commentators here. There may be a generic idea that free-flowing football is about getting the ball as quickly as you can into the final third. Great. Then you've got to do something with it. Free-flowing football could be, by the way, Jose Mourinho's Chelsea. Was that free-flowing football? <laughs> I, no, so, no. Some, Somebody explain this to me. Somebody just... Is Simone Inzaghi's free-flowing football? What, what, what do people want? Number one. So, there has been a few people who have been giving me a bit... Uh, uh, because I have commented on it but you know this this idea that Giroud is the problem let's just take a look at Olivier Giroud okay and i know what the counter argument is going to be but just let's take a look at Olivier Giroud this year he has been involved involved in 40% of all of Milan's goals in Serie A score date set up five now people are going to say well most of those are from penalties or tap-ins okay what are his assists? He's got five assists. What what are those? Oh yeah, but it's not free flowing football. Or it's not a header. Okay. So he's been involved in forty percent of our goals in Syria. He's been involved in thirty percent of our goals in, in Champions League. Admittedly, it's not hard because we only scored <laughs> we only scored six goals. But he was responsible for scoring a goal and setting up a goal. That's thirty percent. Thirty-three percent. However, you want to do this. Okay. So the statistics don't lie on that. But if you want to look at anybody, Olivia Giroud is quite interesting actually to do this because uh, expected goals is XG is six point two six. Yeah, this season. Now, Z- what's his name? Zerxie from Bologna, who everybody keeps on talking about. Do you know what his expected goals are? 4.81. And he's got seven goals this season and, and Giroud's got eight. Okay, so Giroud's got more goals than Xerxy. right? Their heat maps are totally different. Xerxes is red all over the pitch because he's everywhere, right? That's Mata ball. That's free-flowing football. Giroudino's free-flowing football. Again, two very different ways. But yeah. anyway, Marcus Turan. He's the same height as Olivier Giroud. He's the same nationality as Olivier Giroud. Okay. He's also 11 years younger. Expected goals, 9.03. So out of the three, but all centre forwards, Marcus Aram's doing better on expected goals. Scoring frequency, Olivier Giroud, 137 minutes. Xerxe, 215 minutes. Marcus Turan, 199 minutes. So Giroud scoring more frequently than the other two. Marcus Turan, by the way, scored eight goals this season. So he's the same as Giroud. Right? The point I'm trying to make is stop shitting on Giroud. The guy is 37. Is he going to be sprinting like an absolute bastard? Like, like a Ronaldo, when Ronaldo was 37. No, because he's not Ronaldo. He's a different kind of player. The reason why Giroud gets picked, and I don't think that he should be picked, by the way. you should pick players in form. And I think Jovic is in form, and I think Jovic should be getting picked. But this idea, remember that last year, when he did that, when he did all of his performances against Inter, And Napoli, you know, just you don't have to keep on saying he's useless. He's he's not. He holds the ball up. He does knock downs. He does. Yes, he does tap in. Yes, he does shoot. Yes, he does get his goals from the penalty spot. I'd rather have his goals than not have his goals and his assists. So this, this concept of shitting on Giroud and basically saying he can't do anything, this guy's acrobatic. He can, he's still got, you know, some big goals in him. By the way, Zlatan, last year, yes, he was injured for most of it. Good God. He was injured in our championship winning season, right? But nobody ever turned around and said, Zlatan shouldn't be playing. Nobody right? They're also different players. But Giroud is more like a Zlatan than he is a Ronaldo, than he is a Turan, than he is a Xerxy. right? There's a reason why he gets goals, because he puts himself in the position of getting goals. He puts himself in the position of winning fouls. He works for the team. It's a very different kind of player. But the notion that he shouldn't be playing or the notion that he doesn't allow you to have free-flowing football is bewildering when nobody can seem to explain what free-flowing football it is they want. If you are attacking on, on your wings, you take midfielders with you. It's called numerical overload. That's basic. If your wingers are going up, your midfield goes with you. So that way you attack in numbers. So your number nine can either sit still, right? Or your number nine can actually not be busting a gut to get to the back post or to the front post because your midfielders have gone with you. Dynamic nines will move more front and back post. When they're older, they're not looking to do that. When they're older, they're probably staying more still and then actually standing in front of the keeper making it hard for the keeper to see where the, where the action is going to be coming from. If you're going to be doing free-flowing football through the middle of the pitch, yes, your interlink play is, going, is not going to be your biggest factor. It's going to be, are you going to run off the defender? Where are you going to put the ball? What's the service going to be? Okay, there's your free-flowing football through the middle. If you're going to do route one football, well, that's going to be from your keeper. That's not free-flowing, that's just route one. If you're going to be playing from midfield to channels back into midfield, where does your striker need to be? Your striker doesn't need to be tapping it to the side to let somebody else shoot from outside the area. Your striker needs to be giving the two centre-backs a problem in the movement, which is what Giroud does. So this non-technical analysis by people on on Twitter and Instagram, but Twitter, where they seem to just talk about free-flowing football without any understanding of the concept of what free-flowing football is, or how tactics move, or apparently I don't watch I don't watch Milan religiously, even though I've been alive longer than they have and been watching Milan longer than they have because I've been watching Milan since 1986. Apparently, I don't know anything about football, so to them I say fuck you, and to anybody saying that Giroud shouldn't be playing, it's OK, I, would, I too would prefer to have Jovich playing starting right now. But this idea that Giroud stops you playing football, this idea that Giroud stops you getting goals, when all we've been doing all season is give the ball to Leao, he'll fix it, and Leao isn't fixing it, Giroud isn't the problem.
0: Do you, do you feel a bit better now, Gino?
1: I feel so much better. I'm going to have a chamomile now. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, I went on one there, right? <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> no, fair enough. No, it's a good point. It's very, very, very relevant to, to what's going on. I think you're right. I think um, if I if I had a bit of my two pence in there as well, I think I think he's played for too long. So, I think in games he's played for too many minutes sometimes, um, which which lessens his ability or his effectiveness on the game. I think that's yeah. some fans get frustrated with the I think what they're trying to say by Free flying football is he, he stagnates the play. He doesn't really. He he becomes tired is what happens. And he can't quite run at Liao's pace for 90 minutes. I don't think many people can. Um, he, he does well to keep up with him for 60 if I'm honest. Uh, but I, I think he's played for too many minutes, essentially. I think the whole point of Giroud as the older statesman set it forward is to bring experience but it isn't to start and play every single minute of every game um,
1: precisely and precisely
0: and that's when you 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 bring in your tactics and your in-game management which we've talked about so many times on this podcast um, and we think about why why is he on for so long why is it the 70th or 80th minute why isn't it the 50th or the 60th why isn't it at half time why isn't it why isn't he brought on in the second half to to, to cause damage what, what what's going on uh, instead, he plays the 70, 75 minutes, 80 minutes, week in, week out, uh, and his effectiveness on the game or his, his ability to give 100% for the entirety of the 70 minutes diminishes as the minutes go by. Uh, like you said, he's 37. OK, he's not old, but he's definitely not in the prime years anymore of his footballing career. And like you said, Cristiano Ronaldo is something else. Giroud isn't quite there yet. And your analogy between him and Zlatan is is very good. The the two very similar I think Zlatan on technique is maybe a bit better, but they're two very similar styles, two very similar um, Because
1: robots. because because they make they make goals from from acrobatics. Yeah, yeah. They're acrobatic. They're not they make goals from from very little. Okay. The difference being Zlatan could smack it from anywhere on the pitch. And it was like, yeah, this 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 could be a goal, right? But Zlatan knew very early on, speed's not going to be my thing. Power's going to be my thing. And Giroud realised very early on, making a nuisance of myself with the two central defenders and on the keeper is going to be my thing. He is that traditional number nine, right? That, that big lump. He's six foot four, for God's sakes. Yeah, I'm six foot three. I, I've played against strikers as in defence who are that size, It's a nightmare, especially when they're big and strong. It's an absolute nightmare. I'd rather play against somebody short and speedy. And I'm not quick. But when you get somebody who can throw themselves around like that, it's an absolute nightmare because you just don't know what to do sometimes because they're the ones charging at you with their head. Do you know, I mean? you know? So, so this this kind of this 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 whole idea of Giroud's the reason why we're not scoring goals. No, Giroud's not the reason why we're not scoring goals. We're not scoring goals because we're not playing good football. We haven't been playing good football. And Jovic coming into the fray and showing what he is capable of. Giroud can have a rest. It's like you said he's played way too many minutes. Mm, yes. But if you look at September, October, November. Jovic, if somebody was to say play Jovic instead of Giroud, I think most people would have gone. What are you doing? Yeah, Don't play Jovic.
0: What have you been, been smoking? Yeah.
1: Don't play Jovic. He can't score. Yeah. Oh no, not Jovic again. You know what I mean. So. Yeah, anyway. Anyway.
0: Well, let's let's move on. let's move on. Right. So, a um, couple of talking points before we get into questions in our and our bottle, Ali and Canoli. So the Decreto Crescita. so the Italian government's decided um, on the turn of the new year that the Decreto Crescita is no longer a thing. So essentially it was a tax subsidy um, system in order for foreign players to come in uh, and the clubs and the player essentially save on tax, therefore making it more appealing to come and want to play in Italy and yeah yeah. So the government said, no, not anymore, that's stopping now. So players that are on it obviously will remain on it, That doesn't change, but any contracts from I think the 1st of January onwards will no longer partake in the Decatur de So just to give you a bit of a sort of run around, so right now Milan, if let's say all their players were taken off the Decatur de and they went into the new system, Milan's wage bill would increase by €22.45 million, Euros, which is no small fee. Um, so it's a big, big, big change in Italian football. It's not welcomed by Serie A. It's not welcomed by club or club owners. Um, it, it's a it's a sad state of affairs for a league that's already struggling, uh, and it makes things harder. There is a conversation around it. May um, it may help Italian players. It may help fuel the national team. I just I don't think it's I don't think it's going to do that quickly anyway, that's for sure. I think it will increase the value of Italian players within Serie A because everyone will want them. Yeah. it cost more. Um, and it, it kind of leaves a bit of a of taste. So for me, like the first thing I thought was with renewals. So if you're going to renew Magnon and he wants the 8-9 mil he's talking about, that all of a sudden becomes really expensive. Um, what, what do you think on this?
1: It I think it's uh, it, uh, it, well, I mean, nothing surprised me with that government anymore. But uh, the, one, one of the ministers, uh, have you heard the release latest one? He uh, he fired a gun on New Year's Eve, uh, and apparently he said, Well, if I knew if I knew that the chap coming to my house had a gun, I, I wouldn't have invited him in. But he was the one that fired the gun, the, the, the minister, not the chap that went to his house. So strange. Anyway, um, it's it's ridiculous. The, the, the Decreto Crescita has saved, helped to save Italian football. And I think they're going to have to climb down from it. I genuinely can't see. I think what, what these ministers haven't realised, or the minister who didn't sign the papers hasn't realised, is just how much money Serie A still does bring into the coffers. And, you know... What, 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 what are the things that Italians get most passionate about, Max? It's food,
0: yeah. family, yeah.
1: fashion, and sport. And look, sport keeps that economy going. The Giro d'Italia does a lot in Italy. Uh, volleyball. Is the third most participation sport in Italy. Um, you know, football is the biggest participation sport. If you start to take away sport, you're going to have bigger issues in Italy. And if you start to weaken the system, you're going to you're going to basically say, you know, these clubs where they're trying their best to support youth leagues and and competitions. If they no longer have the money to do it, if Italy, you know, finds itself in a constant spiral of not being able to qualify for tournaments, not quali- not being able to uh, produce competition winners at an international level, it's Italy's brand that disappears. Uh, and you know, I, I, I think I think they've made a, a horrible mistake, but equally. I think it's going to be one of those things which they, they reverse. I think they re- I think they change it slightly, somewhat, but I think they have to reverse it. And I think they know they've got to reverse it.
0: It's a dreadful decision. It's a really, really bad decision. Like you said, sport, especially culture, is a massive contributor to the economy. Um, it, it is. It's, it's just the way of life, isn't it, there? Um, yeah. So, so so doing something stupid like that to make what was already a difficult was already difficult to be competitive in any way. even less competitive, it's just stupid. Um, so we'll move on from that. Uh, a few transfer rumour meals for you. So, um, the voice on the center forward has died down, which I'm not surprised with your which mm. form. Um, instead, we've got the return of Mateo Gabbia, which is official today. He's
1: back, he's back, he's back.
0: Um, <laughs> good old Matthew Cage is back to stop those. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a bit, I mean look he's not the worst centre back in the world we do need another centre back it makes sense, it doesn't cost us anything he's already our player anyway uh, he's Italian as well which will help with our Italian quota and whatever so I'm not I'm not massively annoyed about it but I'm not exactly thrilled if that makes sense <laughs> is that fair Juno or am I being out of order?
1: Uh, uh, no I think you're fair mate I think, based on what we saw, what we've seen with him over the years, I think it's fair. Unless, unless he turns into like this, unless he turned into this incredible player uh, uh, in Spain, uh, uh, yeah, no, I think you're being fair.
0: Um, another couple of players that we're rumoured with, so um, Brassier, uh, yes, from Brest, centre back, uh, ten mil is the price. The last price I saw. Uh, apparently, they're hard balling. It sounds like he prefers to move to Monaco um but could be a good sounds like another moncada special a moncada uh, pick out yeah I, i'd never heard of him until a couple of days ago i'm gonna be completely honest um so I, I watched a little bit i tried trying to find a highlight reel he looks okay
1: it
0: <laughs> doesn't look anything special if i'm honest but you know you never know do you Those K'hooli, chow type signings always seem to be quite good um, mm. another player we're heavily linked to it sounds like a done deal but I've not seen anything official yet. it's Terriciano from Verona 4-5 um, to five mil uh, can play centre back, can also play left back, Italian uh, 2003 uh, and another thing I found interesting he used to play in Verona, his dad used to play in Verona with Pioli. that was that's a funny little thing I heard uh, um, looks okay Again, nothing special Gino but for that price, probably low wages, another Italian second string player to try and bridge the gaps before everyone comes back I'm yeah. not too against it either, still quite young as well um, that's kind of the hot hot stuff off the press really, there's a couple of names circulating but nothing, you know the usual cods wallet that comes around um, lastly you, I mean nothing official yet for critic it's clear that critic' is on his way out, he's looking, for, he's looking for a bigger salary which my name will not give him especially not now to that um no no official offers, nothing from Fenobaccio, nothing from Leon either. Um, I think they want around five to six million for him at least is what I'm reading, which I think is fair. Um and then the other thing I was gonna say, having watched Luca Romero um last night, I did think he would benefit from a from a loan move somewhere to actually play consistently. The difference between him and some of the youth players, like the Troyora Jimenez, they have been playing regularly. Although it's the Primavera, they still have been playing minutes. minutes. Um, well, I guess Jovic is uh, not Jovic, um Romero has only trained really with the first squad. He's not really played much. I think he need, of all of the players that need a loan move, I think he's top of the list. I think he needs to go out and play somewhere. Whether it's Serie B, whether it's a lower league, it's Serie A team, I don't know. But he needs to go somewhere to play some minutes. Um, Anything you
1: want to add on transfers? Uh, well, uh, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Terracino, didn't you? Terraciano. Yeah. You did mention that. Yeah. No, I just, I just wanted. Um, yeah, I just. Again, I think this this whole thing of leaks. Have you noticed how it's it quietens down? The leaks they've been yeah. getting quieter closer to the trans, you know, into the transfer window. So I think I think. I think all the stuff that was going on before the year, which is things that I think you and I were both complaining about, about the amount of leaks that were happening, I think that's I think that's shored up a little bit. But still, I'm not, not happy about just the sheer voices all the time about replacing him put him with him or that person with that one or that role with that. Um, the, the only thing I want to say is there was a, an interesting video go, uh, going around and it was on Sport Italia. And it was with uh, Michele Crescitello. Have you seen that? I don't think I have, no. So, Michele Cisitello is talking about the how football has cycles and Pioli cycle is over. Um, and that when it comes to the summer, there's only one name that Milan has to go for, and that's Antonio Conte. Okay, right,
0: yeah.
1: And for him, the reason why is because Antonio Conte, you've got to bring Antonio Conte in. You don't give him more than a two-year contract. But you've un- you've then also got to give Antonio Conte the players that he wants. He'd be looking at four names, two prime possessions for him, and then two utility kind of players. Then you've got your base. Then you've got your basis to actually work. Um, he thinks that the leap for Thiago Motta to go from something like a Bologna to a Milan isn't available. It isn't very good. Uh, good as an idea. De Zerbi, the, the the horses out of the the, the stables on that one um and and you know he's talking about it uh, and he made a lot of sense about picking you know Conte but really like again I think it's the things that I have the the the, the panic about you know playing on Anto- you know having Antonio Conte as a manager how does that transform what you're doing now in the sum in the winter window how does it transform what you do in the summer window and what what this Cristello said that was the most interesting part of it all was if you get an Antonio Conte and you need the money, what you do is you sell a big player to get the money. And I'm already saying it, if Milan go after Antonio Conte, Rafael Leal gets sold to PSG. for over a hundred million easily. I think we lose, right? I think we lose Layal. And I think we potentially, potentially even lose the likes of, of Pulisic or Magnan. So I reckon we've got to be prepared because if you bring in somebody like, like Conte, he's going to want to establish a firm, footprint and he'll want to do that with buying some players, two big name players, like Christiella was saying. The only way you can do that is if you've got the money. The only way to get the money because we're out of the Champions League, because we're not going to win the league, um, is by selling players. And the and the biggest, biggest money, quickest money, biggest monies we're gonna get is going to be by selling layout. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, like you said, like they, they can't they can't afford Conte and what he wants, so they would have to sell some big players to, to be able to, to sort of get the cash flow almost. Um, I, I still don't think he's coming to Milan. I, just, I I don't know why. I do want him. I would like him to come to Milan, like I said last time, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And like you said, God, if we're going to have to sell Liao as well, um, to fuel it, or a Manyan or a Theo, or whatever. Um, it could okay he could bring the project forwards he can do his thing where he, does mm. a lot, where he does a lot with little um but he could also put us behind <laughs> uh,
1: yeah yeah massively
0: we're talking call. and then if he pisses everyone off in the <laughs> in the um way of doing it as well do you know what i mean like then <laughs> yeah then we're in big trouble big trouble um fair enough um should we talk i've got a couple of questions do you want go to on listener questions yeah yeah, yeah. um Let's go through that. So I've got. Let me just open up the tweet. I don't think you did. Anyone? I don't think anyone commented on. Did anyone comment on your repost?
1: No, it? nobody commented on my repost. Unfortunately. That's fine. Right. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody likes me enough, Max. They like you, but they don't like me.
0: Oh, well, that's not true. I've got this this bloke on here keeps anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I've got a question from um, uh, out in Meta. Um, you can find them at meta underscore 73 on uh, X. Um, here, question, here, question is there... Uh, oh, my God. Question is there any Milan fans or even you guys who really believe Piori can turn this around and make good season after all? I personally don't see it happening. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to be proven wrong, though. Do you think he turns it around, J Well, what
1: do you think? I watch him on. What do you think?
0: Do I think he turns it around? <laughs> Um do I think oh god i would i genuinely would like him to hundred percent I swear to God I want him to I just don't think he will I, I think we, we're going to fluctuate all season i think um we might have a good cup run in one of these two cups uh, and he might win something and that might that might do him some good um but i I think once it, we're, we're talking about every time he loses a game, we're talking about how long has he got left. If we're doing that, there's only one eventuality, um, which is him not turning it around. Now, that's just just my opinion. What, what do you think?
1: I think it's going to be a roller coaster until the end of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think I think if we qualify top four, it's it's going to be fifty fifty what we do and what other teams do, because to be perfectly honest. Uh, Roma, Lazio, Napoli, Atalanta are not playing football which is consistent enough to get into top four. Mm. Uh, Fiorentina, ironically, kind of are but they lack some quality which is why they're not getting the results which you would expect them to get and Genoa, uh, sorry, Bologna it's it's a it's a mystery where they could end up. They could probably be fourth, or they could be seventh, or they could finish out the top ten. Uh, Do you I know?
0: Think, it, yeah. I if, think if, one injury in Bologna or not,
1: where they are? Yeah. So so to answer that question, I like you. I hope he does, but like you, I I just. What, you know, turn it around. What, winning the season? There's no chance we're winning the season. No chance we're winning the league. Absolutely zero chance we're winning the league. I'd I'd put money on that now. Staying within the top four, I think, is more than achievable. Coppa Italia is a win? Mm. Possible. Yeah, yeah. Possible. But turning it around, we're not winning the season. We're not. And and Urafa, it's going to completely depend on how injury-struck our bloody team is. Genuinely, I genuinely had like a, a, a vision the other day, like Saving Private Ryan, the the start, where you know that everybody's on those those boats, and the and the and the wood, the, the waves crashing into them, and the waters hitting, and they're all looking at each other, going, "We're screwed." And that for me is 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 doctor's table at Milan right now you know in my own mind that that's kind of what's going on there it's it's I I just don't know if we're going to even make it to the like I don't know if we're going to make it to the end of January without at least another two injuries you just don't know so we've got I mean what is it 30 injuries and we've only scored 32 goals yeah anyway (laughs) anyway (laughs)
0: Um, take a deep. Okay, next question. Take a deep breath. Go on. All right, is Jovic actually good, or are we just easily impressed? By oh. <laughs> listen, listen. Are we easily impressed by any striker that is not a literal statue. And that's from Christian Espinosa at Purple Buckets. Um...
1: Christian, Christian, <laughs> Christian. That's a shit question. <laughs> uh, Jovic plus points movement a lot better than what we saw at the start of the season needs to work on his finishing i would say interlink play developing but needs more time in the team more minutes to make that work better um so for me I think is he good? Well, oh, what a question! Yeah, yeah yes, but Jory's out on how good he's going to be. Is that a fair or is that a cop out?
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair.
1: What you, do you think?
0: You've you've not answered the part where he says. Um... Or is it because we've normally got a statue there? I thought you would go mental at that, but you didn't say anything. Anyway.
1: <laughs> well, I've, I've kind of it out because we got a statue there. Well, again, what do you want? What do you actually want? Like, yeah. if if right, when Giroud did the header against PSG, what was any was anybody whinging about that?
0: Of course, they weren't. No.
1: <laughs> when 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 he scored against Napoli, was any anybody whinging about that? He scored two against Napoli. Did anybody whinge about those two goals? No. Nobody did. Nobody dared to whinge about those two goals. Absolutely nobody. Let's have a look. He also scored against uh, Torino. He got two against Torino. Anybody say anything about that? No. Didn't think they did. Against Roma? No. Didn't think they did. Um, uh, well, oh, Lecce. Lecce. Lecce, where we drew two all and he scored on the 93rd minute. Did anybody whinge about that? No. No. So, sure, he's a, he's a statue, but, you know, he's he saved us, he saved us uh, two points there. Well, he saved us three points. There. Well, he's, yeah, no, he saved us from losing three points, I should say. Got one point from that. You know, it's just this thing of, like, he's a statue. Yeah, but he's scoring. Yeah, he's saying them up. Anyway.
0: Whoops. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <minute>. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: um, right. Botti and cannoli. So I'll go i first this time. So Botti. Yeah. I've got Digga Gresh, there's a massive Botti idea. Like, what the hell are they doing? Um I've got the post from Rory at Talksport, which you mentioned earlier, um, which was retweeted by um
1: <laughs> um,
0: Matt San, Matt Santangelo who is one of the co-hosts of That Milan podcast with Martino Piccio so really good podcast guys
1: really good podcast really good
0: so, um, if, you, if you don't already subscribe to them because they're, they're, it's a really good one Milanistas that actually know what they're talking about um, but yeah I just thought my word this guy is such a muppet and he's literally talking about how obviously you've got more chance of winning silverware with Newcastle blah 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 How's that going for you, Rory? Uh, not good, is it? <laughs> um, He's just
1: an arsehole. Just an absolute arsehole.
0: Now, and I don't know whether this is a bottle or a canady, but I've got, this might be controversial, I've got CDK, and I've put too soon, question mark. Um <laughs> <laughs> Go on. He's, he's not doing too badly, Gino Atalanta. Now, I know what people are saying Atalanta are a mediocre team. They're not Milan standard, blah, 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 blah. Um, they did beat us, by the way, but anyway. Um, mm. he, he's not doing too badly, Gino. He's got himself six goals and four assists. Um, so far this season, in all competitions. Uh, yeah. no, sorry, no, I've got that wrong. It's six goals and five assists in all competitions. That's 11 um, GA for the season so far, uh, which isn't bad. All things considered. Now, two of those goals are from tonight where he did a bit of a masterclass uh, on Sosuelo. scored twice and assisted the third. Um, Is it too soon? Is he he a botter daddy in terms of... Is he he a cannoli because he's doing well? He's going to earn us some money. Are you on the fence like me? What do you reckon? Uh,
1: Slightly on the fence like you, I think the pressure of that move, the attention that he had, I don't think Maldini... Uh, and Masari did a good enough job in protecting him from that kind of pressure. I think Pioli was forced to play him, but Pioli was playing him out of position. I just think that it was one of those where it was like trying to fit like an oval into a, into a round hole rather than a square into a round hole, like a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. I think it was like an oval peg. I think like there was all the markings of somebody who could have done good for us. But I just think that, I think a lot is underplayed about just like the mental status sometimes of players and especially when they're young and just the sheer volume of attention that is no longer just journalistic, but it's also shows social media. It's, it's also like the way that like celebrity has been this big thing in football now for such a long time the difference being, I remember in the nineties, um, true story. My uh, my granddad's cousin, um, Neapolitan, was Maradona's uh, electrician. Great. Right yeah. now. The thing was, though, Maradona, yeah, he couldn't leave his house and go out and do all this stuff. And if you ever watch that great Maradona documentary, which was commissioned by Channel 4, um, you know, that showed like a different kind of celebrity status. But when Maradona went anywhere else in Italy, he was fine. He was left alone. Whereas football players go around Italy now or, you know, the United Kingdom or France or Spain, whatever. And they kind of hounded. You know, people want selfies. They're not left alone. You know, somebody's always got their phone pointing at them. I just think that there's like this kind of weird pressure that happens to these players. So I think Gasparini's getting the best out of him right now. How much better can he be? I think that was the thing that we were always hoping for as well as Milan fans, weren't we? Like, could he really be like Kaka? Is he the next caca? I think that's what we were all saying to ourselves. If we weren't saying it out loud, he's the next caca here. And then we kind of realised, uh, well, he's not. And we realised it quite quickly. So, yeah, now, uh, on the fence with you. So, On the fence with you.
0: I'll give you my cannolis and I'll give you a chance to give me your body and your cannolis. So, um, first cannoli was the youth players uh, playing for Milan in the, in the Calgary game. I thought they were excellent. I thought it was superb. Yeah. Um the second Cannoli was the Calgary goalkeeper, he was superb for us too. Um it was like it was like an Olympic diving session. Um uh, Jovic and Theo. Um, and then the last thing I've got down is Liao interview. Um often players come out and they give interviews to Sky or Republic or whatever. Um and they say the same things. Um, we've we've seen it before at Milan where they say one thing and then they do something completely different when it comes to a renewal or a transfer or whatever. Um, it was really refreshing to hear Liao talk about Milan and his love for it. It was refreshing to hear him talk about his contract. It was refreshing to hear him talk about why he took the to number 10 and his role in this team. Now, whether he hits form or he doesn't, whether you find him frustrating or you don't, um, he's a good man and he's based with some good principles and morals. And I think we're lucky to have him. I think it's good that he plays for Milan. And it was nice just to hear um, someone professional um, around our around our club who clearly loves it. Um, did you think anything of that interview? I know there was, you know, I know sometimes things are misquoted as well from it, but
1: yeah, I, I that I think you've absolutely nailed it on the head. Where it's like, I think he is somebody who has got fundamentally good principles to him. I don't think he's, I I, I, don't, I. generally don't see him as being this kind of money grabber or, or somebody who doesn't care about the fan base. I genuinely think he does care about fans. And I do think that he has found peace at Milan. I think if he was at a club at something like a Real Madrid or something like that, I think he would find it quite difficult, actually. I think he enjoys having the, the attention and the pressure. But in a way that it's not about, you know, some sort of, you know, like with Real, it's almost like you need to be the best of the best, and I just don't think that he would thrive on that. I think what he thrives on is being like integral to a project, to an idea, to a vision, to to other players. If he enjoys his football or not, you know.
0: Did you did you see him give Traoré that big hug when he came off?
1: Yeah, massive. Good. Yeah.
0: Oh, that just sums it up for me. Big brother, trying to look after them. Um, he, he's a good man. And I, I hope he's with us for ages, and I hope he gets better and better
1: and better. Um,
0: but, you know, you just you just don't know these days. You don't know what will happen. Yeah. Um, no. Well, those are mine. What have you got for me? Any bocce, any cannoli?
1: I mean, pretty much the same as yours. I did find that talk sport thing just absolutely hilarious. I don't think I've laughed as hard at anything. Just to how it's aged so badly.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: The the, the the reasoning being for those who haven't seen it, the reasoning being, AC Tenali went to Tenali went to Newcastle, right? Because Italian football's so bad, and that Italian football's so bad because Graham Potter's side put loads of goals past uh, AC Milan, even though in the same season, who is it that got to the semi-finals? It was Milan and not Chelsea. And what was it? What was the other thing he said that was hilarious? And then he said, oh, it doesn't matter that. That doesn't matter that they got to the semi-finals, which is quite funny because you can only beat the teams that are ahead of you, can't you?
0: Yeah. And he also didn't mention the fact that half of Milan's squad were absent in the first game at Stamford Bridge. Yes. And that we got a fictitious red card in like the ninth minute in the second half as well. Yes, um, very did, much so. He does forget to, to mention that because if it was the other way around and Milan had beaten Chelsea and Chelsea were depleted and Chelsea had a red card, they'd definitely be mentioning that.
1: It's, it's, the, the funny thing about it is, and I think, I think uh, Martino summarised it, is, it's the personification, it's the pure personification of when you don't watch any leagues outside of your own league, and you come out with statements that just aren't factual, which is the problem that I have when people just come out with statements which aren't, aren't based in data science or even art. They're just based on <laughs> phantasmagorical thinking, because yeah. that morning they had grapefruit juice instead of orange juice. And it just it just made it just made them bitter for the day. Do you know what I mean? It's just like mm. so very, very much like yours my my only my only addition is i just i genuinely did think that the youth should be given absolute awards absolute awards I thought they did so well i'm 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 really proud of them <laughs> yeah, i feel like i feel like a i feel like a proud uncle there to like, back. yeah I just feel like this proud uncle because like i look at them and i I'm just going, ah, oh, some good players. Just some really good players, you know. Like, well done, well done. You've done grand. So, yeah.
0: Right. Let's let's end on um, a little bit of a, a sort of prediction. So, obviously, we've got Empoli next. Um, Empoli nineteenth, so second to bottom. No. And we know how we like to play against teams that are towards the bottom of the uh, table. Mm. Um, their form uh, last five is a uh, drawn, lost, lost, drawn, drawn. Ours is obviously win, draw, win, lost, win. Um, we're third. The nineteenth, they've got thirteen points. Surely we're going to win, aren't
1: we? I am going to call this. We are going to win, and we're going to have quite a run of goals as well. I think we're going to unpick it. I think some. I think something magical's happened. I think something. I think some. I think. I think he starts Jovic because you'll be at. You'll be looking at it going. I got to play him, and I think there's going to be some interlinking plays. And I, uh, and actually, I don't see him really moving too far away from the team that started the other night against Cagliari. But I think I think we're going to win. Pick. I think we're going to come at them with speed. Maybe we'll have our own free flowing football. There you go.
0: Um, I'm going to I'm going to completely disagree with you. I think we will win. I don't think he's going to play that starting eleven, and I don't think Jovic is going to start. I think Giroud straight back in.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, obviously. yeah yeah I can see it but no, uh, no I, I'm standing firm I, I said I think he's going to make a few changes mm-hmm. I think Manyan's going to come back into the side I think I think he's obviously going to be forced to not not play uh, Jimenez uh, Simic might get a start though Simic might get a start uh, but yeah I I I no, I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by
0: it. I, I, this is what I think, OK? So, obviously, we've got no Beneser now. Chakwezi's gone as well. So, I reckon he's going to go. Magnon in goal. I think he's going to play. Calabria, Theo, left and right back. He's going to go Simon Kier at centre-back. And I think if he's fit and healthy, I think you'd see Mateo. I think we'll see Gabia before we see Simic. Do you? I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Hopefully, I'm wrong and Simic gets the start. Midfield is going to be Rinder's, um, Loftus Cheek. I think Musa should be back. I might be wrong, but we might see Adley in there um, because we've got no Banerjee again. Um, mm-hmm. you, and then I think you'll see Leao, Giroud, and Pulisic up top. I think that'll be the front three. Um, I think, yeah, you know, I think it's a win. I hope it's a comfortable win, a couple of by a decent margin. It is away at Empoli, um, and Empoli have, I think they've. The points they picked up haven't been against little teams. I think they've they played better against better teams and worse against um worse teams. If that makes any sense. That's
1: that's an that is an Empoli DNA right so, there.
0: So they've beaten Napoli one uh, nil at Napoli, which I think cost Garcia's job. Um, they did, yeah, it did. They, they beat Fiorentina away in the derby. Um, they've beaten Salernitana, uh, I think because they haven't I think that's it they've not won many games we've got to win end of story <laughs> I'll, leave, well, I'll leave it at like that is there anything else you want to add?
1: no that's great thanks thanks for thank you for having me on again
0: that's fine um, guys um, you can follow me on X at Lombardia Max capital L capital M you can find me on Instagram Max underscore Lombardia and you can get me on YouTube at Maxi Lombardia Please follow, like, subscribe, uh, whatever you can do to help support the podcast grow uh, on Spotify, on Apple. We're on Google now. Uh, we're on Amazon. I've messed about. And I've, I've got some to a few different platforms this week, which is good. Um, plug away, Gino.
1: Uh, you can find me at Gino DeBlas on X and on Instagram. And if anybody wants to disagree with me, uh, you're more than more than welcome to come and do it on those platforms.
0: Excellent, mate. Thank you very much. Um, um, Have a great week, guys, and we'll be back next week. Forza mila.
1: Forza mila.